Thanks, Nolan. People are living longer than ever, and for the first time in history, there are now more older adults in Canada than children. How can people stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible? And how can we make communities more age-friendly so that people can stay healthy? Well, the Winnipeg Foundation's upcoming Vitals Conversation on December 2nd, Living Long and Staying Strong, will be addressing those questions. The keynote speaker for the event, Verana Menick, is a professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba. And up next on Because Radio, we'll speak with her about her research on healthy aging and how we can make our communities more age-friendly. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here today, and I am now joined via telephone by Dr. Verena Menek. She is a professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba, and she'll also be the keynote for the vital conversation that's happening on December 2nd. Dr. Verena Menek, thank you so much for joining me today on Because Radio. Well, thanks for having me. So first off, I'm wondering if you can introduce yourself and the work that you do as it relates to aging in Canada. So I'm a, a professor. Uh, that means I bo- do both research and I teach. And I specifically, I research and teach in the area of aging. So my interests are healthy aging. So what does it take to uh, live a long and healthy life uh, uh, currently, I'm particularly interested in how social and isolation and loneliness relate to health. And on the other hand, I'm also interested and I have done a lot of research in the area of creating age-friendly communities. So how can we create a community environment that promotes healthy aging? What are some of the trends that you've found in your research as it relates to aging uh, and healthy aging in Canada? And and what are some of the changes that you've noticed? Well, I think to, to step back a bit, the reason why we talk even more so about healthy aging now is because of the major demographic trends. So we know that the population is aging We have currently about uh, one in six Canadians who are 65 years or older, and in only about 10 years, we expect that to increase to about one in four. So almost 25% of Canadians will be older. So that's a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of older people. It's a large proportion of the population. Uh, We have, for the first time ever in history more older people than children. So again, that's a, that's a very uh, major change in what our population looks like. And so, so there has been just an increasing emphasis in looking at healthy aging and looking at how people not only live longer, but also uh, healthier. So that's, I think, a major, major trend. And so what, what would you say are the keys to living a long and healthy life? Well, there are a number of things we can do, and it probably won't come uh, as a surprise to the listener to hear some of them. Uh, Physical activity is is most definitely uh, uh, good for health at any age, so so whether it's for children uh, to be healthier, but even in very old age, uh, if people have never done any physical activity, it's still good for us. It's good uh, at any age in any amount, so, so people really do need to take that seriously. Uh, the, re- the one area that I'm particularly interested in now is, is social engagement. How does that relate to health? And we know from a lot of research it is a health risk to be socially isolated or lonely. 
So, uh, so that is one factor, and I, maybe just as a as a way of putting it into context, we we know that social isolation is as bad for health as not being physically active, so being sedentary. It's as bad as smoking, so it is a major health risk. We know many other factors relate to healthy aging, um, healthy diets, so eating well is important, sleeping well is important, and genetics in part plays a role as well. What would you say are the keys to living a long and healthy life? I think that's exactly it. It's not just one thing. It's, it's a combination of factors, and they're interrelated, and they affect each other. So, so when people get into uh, less healthy, then the, the physical exercise goes down. And, and by the way, by physical exercise, I don't mean just going to the gym or, or jogging or doing anything major like that, but it can be gardening. Uh, walking is very popular among older people. It can mean walking to the post office or the store. Uh, that kind of everyday physical activity is important, but it's interrelated with, with physical health. So some, sometimes people spiral down, if you will, that uh, if health starts to decline, they're less physically active. It makes them less socially engaged. With all of that, they're less mentally stimulated. So mental activity is important. Uh, and then, then health declines further and maybe a depression sets in, which spirals uh, us even further down. So, so everything is interrelated. We can't just pick one of the factors out and say that's the important factor in healthy aging. It's a whole combination of things. I guess it's about making sure that you're, you're optimizing all areas of your health. And of course, physical health plays a big role in it. But, you know, also mental health and your emotional health, you know, things that having more social engagement can really help contribute to in a positive way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is very important. So the two things to mention in this, uh, we hear a lot about uh, physical activity being very important and uh, the 10,000 steps are out there quite a bit. We have to do 10,000 steps a day. That's well and good for people who can do that, but that is not necessary. If if a person can't do that, then less is okay. And uh, I, I always thought my, uh, I'll give you an example of my mother-in-law who was in her 80s at the time. She was using a walker. And when she would come and visit us, because we have a long hallway, a wide hallway, she would say, okay, now I'm going to go exercise. And she would walk up and down our hallway that is great. So any activity at any age in any amount is better than no activity at all. The second piece that you mentioned is also important. It has to do with that attitude. So um, we hear things like, well, I'm too old for that. I can't do that. Um, it's not going to make a difference anyway. Um, or I look old. So that's for old people. So, so all of these negative thoughts also impact how people then behave. So, so when my father, to give a personal example, was in his 80s and he started to be frail, he would say, well, I don't want to look old. I don't want to use a cane. Well, why not use a cane? If that's what you need to, to keep a balance, to keep balance and to, to walk a little bit, then that's what a person should do. So I think sometimes people need to watch themselves and see what are some of the thoughts they have and be positive and try a little bit, whatever they can do. 
I imagine a lot of it in in this sense is preventative. Like you want to address these things before they start to affect your quality of life. You mentioned that as part of your research and part of your work involves how communities can encourage and support the health of our senior populations. So what are some things that we can do for our communities or what are the kinds of things that we should encourage in our in our cities and in our neighborhoods? Yes, when we talk about um, what we can do in ourselves to stay healthy, so if things like physical activity, social engagement, healthy eating, that also at the same time means that there are opportunities to do those things. So have opportunities, for example, for social programs. And we have many, uh, for example, active living centers in the city, having exercise programs uh, available, having walking trails, having mall walking, all of those means having the opportunities that allow us to stay healthy with healthy eating? Are there opportunities to have access to healthy food? And importantly, above all, perhaps, is are, is there income security? Are the, Do people have the means to actually access the opportunities? Or are those opportunities, those programs, affordable for everybody? So I think that the healthy aging, what we can do, and the healthy, the the age-friendly communities, so the community side, they go hand in hand. You, you can't separate them out at all. So, so whether that means in the uh, community to have those uh, transportation options as well, to go to a social program, uh, having sidewalks cleared that you can actually walk on them, uh, so it's a whole range of things that we need to have in the communities to allow healthy aging. How do you think Winnipeg is doing in terms of being a community that's age-friendly? Well, on the one hand, I, I think we have a lot of great programs. So we have a lot of uh, uh, all kinds of social, physical activity programs, mental. There's, there's, there's probably something for everybody. I keep being impressed just how many things are on offer through the community centers, through various uh, active living centers, and so on. So we have a lot going for ourselves. I think where, uh, and this is not unique to, to Winnipeg, but where where a gap is, is is in the transportation. And it's not for the people who can still drive. People who can still drive are fine, but when people can no longer drive, what are the options then? And I think that's where we can do more. Uh, transportation, getting places is so critical. So I can say, well, you have to go out and be social. And yes, we have the social programs. But if you, don't, if you can't get there, that's not much good. So I think that is one gap. And I'm still thinking also with housing, affordable housing, good affordable housing is always in, uh, an important issue. Uh, and again, Winnipeg would not be unique in that, but uh, this is an issue throughout the country in all communities in all cities. On December 2nd, um, you'll be presenting the keynote at the Vital Conversation Lunch and Learn, Living Long, Staying Strong. And I'm wondering, uh, what are you hoping that audiences will take away from attending the Vital Conversation? I hope to take away that there are things we can do to to age well, uh, 
Um, having said that, I also hope that people understand that there are no guarantees in life because uh, sometimes I've been talking about healthy aging and then somebody says, yeah, wait a minute, I know somebody who did everything right and they still uh, didn't live as long as they should have, so there are no guarantees in life. But but regardless, mm-hmm. uh, to 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 take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. And secondly, from, uh, from the other side, that, they, that we do need to work on creating age-friendly communities. Before we go, is there anything you, else you'd like to add or anything else that you would want to say to our listeners who are tuning in right now? Well, I suggest that people do what they can and... Uh, Hopefully, if they think about physical activity, it doesn't mean they need to go to the gym. And it really helps to have a buddy. So maybe they can go for a walk with somebody. Uh, Recently, I I was on a walk, and I saw there were a couple of men, and they started to walk. So there was the physical. They were together, so there was the social, and they were talking politics. So there was the mental activity right in there, and I thought, wow, good for them. That's the way to go health is not just a physical health but it's also uh, feeling better about oneself uh, being happier uh, being more satisfied so that whole broad range of quality of life well thank you so much dr verena menick for speaking with me uh, today about healthy aging in canada and uh, about what you'll be talking about at the uh, upcoming Vital Conversation on December 2nd. Thank you again so much for speaking with me today. 